Hello. And welcome back. I'm After saying that a year. It's to us. It's not actually to our listeners. Welcome back to us. Welcome back, Sarah. It's you're also welcome back, Delaney. There like, you go. This is a yeah. mutual thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um I'm not gonna say welcome back to myself. No. I Fun. mean, I love to greet myself. Nobody else does. Welcome back to the Wicked Good Book Club, which has been on a hot sabbatical. Yeah, it happens. Mm-hmm. It's on mm-hmm. brand. Although it hasn't been a year. Like our last gap no. was almost two years. And this has only been maybe six to eight months. Ten months? <laughs> Nine. I mean, our last no, episode it's was been... maybe like in May. So, I mean, eight months. It was July. Early July. Okay. Yeah. Oh, this is like, you're welcome. I mean, this is <laughs> this is exactly the pace that the podcast goes at, right? <laughs> Oh well, it kind of worked out because you were on a little reading slump anyways. It was. I was in probably about an eight-month reading slump. I read my last book in June of 2022. Right. And then I just started reading again now in January. Right. So it, yeah. it kind of follows that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this podcast may have pushed me to record, like to read so we could record it's so hard yeah. to know. It's so hard to know. It but is hard to know. Irregardless, as my mom hates when I say, irregardless. I was say, because that is not a word. That's correct. But I think you'd be surprised at how many people think it is a word. Yeah, well, whatever. Regardless, it's great to be back and reading, have like a new sense of love for reading found in the new year. So yeah, it's going to be fun, right? Uh-huh. So we've... I've kept up my reading, but... Delaney has kept up her reading. Although, I feel like there should be an asterisk with the books that you read that you do listen to a lot of audiobooks. So? Still reading? It's not reading. It's listening. It's still reading. I think you can still say that you are familiar with the books, but I would be cautious in some circles of saying that you've read the books if... Nope. Well, I mean, I if highly somebody... disagree. If someone was sitting on the edge of your bed every night reading the book to you, would you say you've read the book? Yes. Really? Yes. So do you say that blind people who can't read physical pages, they never read, even if they're listening to an audiobook? Well, they have, they have books in Braille. That's a thing. But I'm, but I'm saying that if they're not reading it because they are blind mm-hmm. and the way that they read it is on audiobooks, would mm-hmm. you tell them that they don't read books? I would say that that person has listened to the book. Yes. They've read the book. It's the same thing. I don't, I don't feel like it's the same. I don't feel like it's the same same brain power, I guess. It totally is. But you, when I read, like I have to sit down and read, I can't read and do anything else. Like I can't read, I can't even really read and walk on the treadmill. I tried to do that today. (laughs) The only reason I can't do it is because of like the, the bumping of the pages, but yeah. It's still absorbing the story. It's still no, everything you, except the physical I think looking still, at it with your I eyes. I think you still absorb the story for sure. I'm not saying that you aren't familiar with the books. See, this yeah, is why saying, I hesitate to say anything. <laughs> it is reading. I will, and most of my books I have read on a page. I will ask the internet what they think of that. Because that's something I've seen in book forums before. It's like the purists who are like, no... But I mean, that also, there's people who think that like reading audiobook or reading um, books An on the e-book. Kindle is right. not the same as reading right. a physical textbook, which I disagree with it that. I think those totally are totally is. And yeah. audiobook is too. It's just a different form of reading. That's all it is. I'm Agreed. not an elitist. No, I think we can agree to disagree on that. But. Well, I still read more than you, so. She ah. did. That's true. She did read more than me. So what have we been up to? What have you been doing since we were last on the air in May slash June slash maybe July of last year? Reading audiobooks. (laughs) That's all she's done. She actually quit her job. And full time she reads books. (laughs) Yep. Exclusively audio and ebooks, though. Only... Only our <laughs> alternative format media yep. for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely. All right. What else have you been up to? I mean, not much. Just living life, you know? Yeah. I feel like I've done a lot. My life has changed a lot, maybe, in the last mm-hmm. eight months. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so I don't know. I don't know how much we updated like on the podcast, but I got a divorce. Woo. And that's, and that's finalized. Um, I moved to Florida. Uh So Delaney and I live in the same city now, which is. But still recording from two different houses. (laughs) Yeah. We actually lived together for a little bit and we didn't record any episodes because we we could not figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't feel like spending like $500 on a thing. And like we said, like you weren't reading anyways. Like it wasn't like something that was super interesting. You were going through a lot of other things. Yeah. I, so I read maybe like two, I read two Colleen Hoover books and I didn't like either of them. Yeah. (laughs) And that's all the reading I did over the summer. What was the other one? I read Verity and I read Ugly Love. We did Verity for the podcast. We did Verity for the podcast. Yep. Yeah. Ugly Love was fine. It didn't make me like clamor to read more of her books though yeah um, i transferred school so i go to school in florida now I'm getting my doctorate uh-huh. instead of my master's which is what i was doing before i went on a bunch of first dates that were mm, not great not great we'll say that <laughs> not great um and now i have an apartment um and i live by myself maybe you shouldn't put that on the internet sarah i and my address is it doesn't matter like if if someone's gonna kill me just do it before monday i have to work so (laughs) just get get in there then this episode will never go live and we will just forever be on hiatus shit happens until i go onto a true crime podcast and talk about your life which that is your smile lit up a room that don't say shit like that (laughs) i mean i have a nice smile but i have to say that that's a requirement is it? You can't be like, yeah, she was kind of a bitch. I don't know. She was, but she was our bitch. You know, I think everyone that's how loved her, and her smile always lit up a room, made everyone no, laugh. That it. Mm, mm. <laughs> I feel like maybe making people laugh, but that's probably it. It's the whole, yeah. The truth, Sarah. This is <laughs> entertainment. Who would play me in the movie? Jennifer Lawrence. I was just gonna say Jennifer Lawrence. Okay. Nice. All right cool perfect I've, I've been told we look a little similar i don't feel like we do no you don't <laughs> I, I don't think we do at all um but people also say i look like ronda rousey and i don't see that either so i would say more ronda rousey than jennifer lawrence yeah but not really either one of them no i don't think either one of them i at had all. to pick one <laughs> yeah gun to your head ronda rousey right that's yeah but <laughs> no I don't know. I just feel like Jennifer Lawrence could get the vibes, I feel. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. So anyway, that'll be coming out in 2032, the movie about Perfect. my life, to That's be titled. Can we speed that up? To be made. No. I have to do other stuff first. Like, don't cut me short here, first of all. You just said you want somebody to murder you before Monday, so. Time is a construct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but which Monday? <laughs> oh, there we go. We took some time off obviously from the podcast and so now coming back to make it a little bit more doable we're just going to do one episode a month one book a month for the podcast in addition to our other reading just because it turns out that podcasting is like exhausting and also not a huge priority you know like in the grand (laughs) scheme of things i mean yeah obviously there are people that make podcasting their jobs which more power to you that's probably great but i we've seen with beautiful but we've seen with those people like my favorite murderer the only way that they kept going is they literally have people who do all of the work for them and all they do is sit down and read like what somebody else has prepared for them so yeah well that's not all podcasts but yes they have started doing that yeah but yeah definitely the more that you want out of it the more it ends up like that and we definitely don't have people doing that for us no No. which would be kind of against the point of this podcast yeah if someone else read the book and then was like here's a summary that would be okay but they wouldn't get our unique take on the book although i don't even think it would be okay it would it would be like okay now you do the podcast you read the book yeah um although to be fair like january's book is pretty pretty light pretty short pretty sweet yeah yeah a nice way to ease back in yeah 
it is the epitome of like a holiday rom-com book it is and it's actually that's how it was marketed on tiktok yeah that's how it blew up was being like the tiktok holiday rom-com book which is funny because i had never heard of it or Mm -hmm. had it on my tiktok which we have very similar for you pages for the most part except we found out in very different ways yeah there are some points where we there's there's no crossover sometimes it's not often but we will make like tiktok noise references and stuff and be like what is what are you talking about (laughs) so this was one of those ones that delaney recommended to me like it's a tessa bailey book which obviously we love tessa bailey and Mm -hmm. enjoy her writing um the first book of hers i actually read oh is it yeah nice um -hmm. so this is we did window shopping which is like a cute holiday short read easy to digest it's pretty, fun. pretty light. Yeah. But like some of the elements of the story I was surprised. I was like, this is like a holiday romance book. And we're mm-hmm. talking about <laughs> armed robbery. Yeah. <laughs> like... Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. So At least we didn't make a coloring book about a book about abuse. I don't know. You I know? just, I'm going to do some research on the whole Colleen Hoover controversy because at first. Yeah, please do. Everybody loves Colleen Hoover. Everybody yeah. was obsessed with her books. The woman could do no wrong. And she was churning them out. Yeah. And she had like 10 bestsellers that were wildly popular on BookTok. And then yeah. very, very slowly, probably just over the last like three to six months, like it's very recently. That I six months. I yeah. started to see a lot of negative things come out about her. And then obviously today, I think it was today, she posted... Um, mm-hmm. That, you know, she didn't mean for it to be come across that way, but it was, you know, insensitive. And they were going to be asking the publisher and the producers of her coloring book to not move forward with it. But, like, I thought it had people already had it. Or maybe it was just the idea that the people didn't like. But it's there's just a whole lot going on with her. There's stuff about her stealing stories and stuff about her taking people. And I haven't found, like, I've seen people alluding to it and being like, she's a horrible person, blah, blah, blah. And I cannot find anyone to tell me why. Yeah. I'm not a biggest fan of her writing. Um, Like her, it's fine. fine. It's fine. But, but yeah, I wonder sometimes about like, what is just people seeing a popular author and then getting annoyed that they're popular and tearing them down. Yeah. Like we do with a lot of like, just women in general, but it sounds like there's more stuff to back it up a little bit, but it does. How much and of it is just a pile on? Is there, I mean, I, I think a lot of it started from her books gained popularity and people had elements of her stories that they were questioning and like the level yeah. of necessity and appropriateness. Like there's yeah. the making comments about the size of a newborn baby's balls in one of the stories. Like just shit like that. That, strange. that, yeah. that. Yeah, it's strange and like a little unnecessary. And so people like kind of picked up on that. But that may also just be her style of writing. And like, obviously yeah. people are consuming the media she's producing at an exorbitant rate because she yeah. has like millions and millions of books sold. And like, I read some of them, Yeah, but yeah, apparently it goes a lot deeper than that. It's not just her content. It's where her content stems from. That's a problem. Yeah. But I have heard. And again, I don't know anything about this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know the validity even down to like, I don't, I don't know. But I heard someone bring up on Book Talk that apparently her son R-worded someone and she, like, defended him. Hmm. So that would be not great. But again, I can't find anybody to give any kind of context or actual legitimacy to anything they say. I haven't, So I don't know. I haven't personally done any research into it periodically someone will pop up on my for you page who will be talking about like Colin Hoover is the worst. And then like the comments are yeah. like, Oh yeah, I agree. And I'm like, let's, let's cite our sources. <laughs> yeah. Context is great. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm, I'm all about communities, especially like the book talk community and reading community, not supporting authors who are doing something wrong or who yeah. are somehow cheating stealing lying bad people whatever like I feel that way about any artist you don't support them if you don't you know believe what they believe in and who they are but it's all very second third fourth hand at this point for me so yeah me too and that's why I wonder like how much of it is just a pile on and how much of it 
is people legitimately going, no, I researched this. This is what happened. X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. Because I haven't seen that at all. I don't know. No, I'm sure it's out there. Well, I'll do some some research and then before our next episode so we can talk on it a little bit. Because I don't know that we have, like, I don't know that a book of hers is going to make our reading list this year. At least, yeah. our, at least our podcast one. I think I have some books of hers on my um, TBR. But, yeah. you know, obviously we'll see if we get to those. But to even the book she's at hand. Not, <laughs> yes, but even if she's not highly controversial, like, I'm just not a fan of her writing that much, so. Right, and I, they're like, I liked Ugly Love more than I liked Verity. But, okay. and the writing was a little bit better. It was a little bit more fun. But she also writes a much darker genre. Yeah. Which there's going to be elements of that that people aren't going to like. It's not like a yeah. Tessa Bailey book where everything is feel good and even the right. serious stuff is like just for character building. Like Colleen right. Hoover writes stuff that's like it makes you feel, it gives you like a hangover when you read it. For yeah. me, her books are a lot like watching Euphoria. I couldn't Ooh. stop watching it, but I always felt like shit after an episode. But I, I watched, always, I watched I all too. of them. I, I couldn't finish it. I don't know what it was, but yeah, I just felt Something, like shit afterwards. Right. It's um, it's like doing drugs. Like it's yeah. cool. And then you're like, you know what? It feels bad, but yeah. you keep doing it. So I'll probably read more of her books until I do research and find something that's like super off-putting. But you know who hasn't done anything super off-putting and who I'm a fucking stan of? That we know of. That we I'll know put of. that out there. You never Have know. Not. But as of right now, I Tessa love Tessa Bailey. Bailey. Not only is she funny as fuck on TikTok, yeah, and funny as shit on Instagram, yeah. but I love her writing. I will say mm-hmm. this wasn't like my favorite book of hers. Yeah, because it's it a felt, one it, shot, it's, quick like it's a little Christmassy it, romance. It feels a little rushed, but yeah, lots definitely. of fun. Window shopping, which is a Christmas romance novel, came out October nineteenth of twenty twenty one. It does reference the pandemic, which... Number one critique is that. I do not <laughs> like when life imitates art, especially that no. particular category. I'd like to avoid it. Please, we can I live through it. We pretend like either that it never happened or that this is in a time pre-pandemic. We do not have to talk about the pandemic. Right. Um, now, is it anything crazy? No. No. Does it's it like a one-shot Yes. Yeah. When it reminds you that, you know, this book was written really recently yeah. and and of the modern persuasion. It's 258 pages. It's standalone. And even though it's short, like, it's still pretty smutty. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's so a few she definitely, she keeps up with that. So. Yeah. And I will say that it was billed as, like, the main, well, not the main character, but the main male character is supposed to be, like, a Ted Lasso kind of, kind of gentleman. Oh. So. That is what she said, is that he was inspired. That actually Tedlasso. makes that makes more sense now thinking about his character. Because I was like, his character is kind of annoying, but like it grows oh, on you. In it a grows super endearing way. Yeah. But yeah, but it totally grows on you. So what, what happens in window shopping? We have our main female character named Stella. Stella! Um, who right off the bat, we realized she was just released from prison. Which... Hell yeah. I don't think I've ever read a romance book where the main female character is a recent parolee. Me neither. So that's fresh and new. That's equity right there. Yeah. She is kind of described as not goth, but like a little bit, a little alternative, Mm -hmm. I would say. Kind of Uh, grungy. Grungy um, and also grumpy. In this grumpy sunshine novel, she is the grump, (laughs) which also I think is a little different. It's usually the guy's grumpy. I like that. I do find I like it too. that as a romance reader, it makes it harder to like the female character at first because it's not something we're used to, but it always yeah. it always grows on me. Always. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. So she's just released from prison. She's um now trying to get her life together, uh super fresh um out of the jail cells. Anyways, <laughs> um so after her release from prison, um Basically, her parents, uh, who she has, like, a rocky relationship with, um, gave her enough money to start a new life in New York City away from them, mm-hmm. which is sad. Um, and it's around Christmas time. So Christmas is quickly approaching, and uh, Stella's having a hard time adjusting to all the freedom of everything. One day, we see Stella. This is where the book opens. She finds herself, like, completely entranced by this really horrific storefront window design at this store called Vivant. <laughs> <laughs> which is a luxury department store. It's always, for some reason, 
been Stella's dream to design storefront windows, which Her hey girl, only dream. you want something really specific. I Listen. mean, so freakishly <laughs> specific that I didn't think it was a real job. Like I'm aware that it's a job. Yeah. But let's like, just say at the places that I worked at, it was some 18 year old working right. with like a 20 year old manager to design that window. <laughs> and it's like, it's what it's like putting things on a mannequin, mannequin and then you and pose you, them. <laughs> and, and typically you have a, a little like workup. Cause I did this team. It was me. Hello. I was the 18 year old. You have like a little sheet from corporate. That's like, this is how it looks. You and do you, this clothes on this mannequin. These clothes. Yeah. Cause we want to sell them. Right. So I didn't realize that at these fancy fancy stores, apparently it's like art. I'm doing my hands in some like Vogue things. And and when I thought about this, it is when I think about luxury stores, like true, like Tiffany's, like luxury, luxury, they have beautiful, well thought out, but those are typically national design. Like all of the storefronts will have the same thing, but there is a designer who works, I'm imagining, for months yeah. to design yeah. what this next campaign is going to be, what the focus item is going to be, what the new release yeah. is going to be. So, like, it's a thing for sure. Yeah. So, when you think of it that way, it's not surprising that Vivant would be this, you know, luxury, not chain department store in New York City would have someone who designs windows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, but so, she's standing out there looking at this horrible design and then this guy just comes up to her and asks her opinion on it mm-hmm. and she's like who is this motherfucker in a bow tie and why is and he why so is big? he asking me things yeah and why is he so big we can't forget that she's teeny tiny and he's big big he's <laughs> he's making the walking pedestrian pattern on a new york sidewalk change that's how yep. large this dude is supposed to be and he's wearing a bow tie and he's wearing um, a bow tie yep so they're talking and um, basically she tells him that it's horrific and kind of explains like how her, how she thinks windows should be. It's like penguin and Chernobyl is what she says. That's what she says. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, it turns out that this horrifically like happy man is actually the part owner and fully like store manager mm-hmm. of Vivant. The yeah. store, the window she just annihilated. Yeah. And, but he says that actually, like, she should apply because uh, he really liked her ideas and her honesty and all that. Mm-hmm. So they're looking for a window, a new window dresser. I don't know what the, I don't, designer. I, th- I think dresser is correct. I think it's a window dresser. Oh, it's window dressing. It's what, yeah, I don't know. But whatever. The person who's going to design the cool windows in the really cool, expensive luxury store. Uh-huh. Which is funny because in my head, I thought it was a toy store at first. <laughs> yeah. I didn't uh, realize. It's because of Home Alone. That's probably why you're thinking it. Home Alone too. Well, I was thinking it because the display was about specifically the manufacturing oh. of toys was the yeah. display. Um, and then when they were talking about like, then I was like, oh, it's like a Macy's thing. And then it was like, oh, it's like luxury whatever he tells her that she needs to apply she runs away in terror sort of basically Um, she does a lot of that she does a lot of that yeah so stella is in her uncle's apartment Mm -hmm. and she keeps going back and forth on whether to apply it's her dream job but like who's gonna hire an ex-con all that all legitimate fears i'll give it to her all legitimate fears except for the fact that the united states of america has very firm laws about not being able to discriminate against people because of past felony convictions. And employers actually get money from the government if they do hire people who've been in prison. That's true. There's, but she also has incentive. no experience. Well, she, <laughs> she has also three has years no of experience. Fashion, doesn't she have three years of fashion merchandising? Yeah, yeah, classes yeah. That she took online, so, I think, before prison. I also have three years of experience there. <laughs> She doesn't have a ton of experience, but she's like, right. she's got an eye for it and she's taken she's some She's got classes. an eye so she's for not, it, yes. It's not like unheard of that she had applied. But she's still like, she's scared yeah. shitless and that's under- understandable. But she does eventually apply. She doesn't put a whole lot of effort into the application. She lets them know that she has a felony, which I think you do have to do. You, you do, do have, have to. to. You that. have to disclose it. Um, but she doesn't put references. She doesn't. No. Do, she, doesn't she just puts like, but also she doesn't have the, <laughs> the 
Like she doesn't have a job history and she doesn't have references. It's very she, much like, yeah. here's my, like I uh, had these three years and then I was just released from prison. Actually, I didn't really think about that because he's like, oh, work with me, put some references. But yeah, she might not have any professional references. Doesn't have any professional references. I yeah. promise you. Aiden is then looking through his stack of applications, hoping to see her name because mm-hmm. he has the hots for her already. He doesn't know her name, though. He's just hoping. No, he doesn't. To, he's hoping to know her from. From the application, just the vibes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and boy, and... does he get it. And boy, does he get it. I'll give him this. He did figure it out from the vibes. <laughs> it's true. And he decides that I can't single her out and bring her in for an mm-hmm. interview because I want to bang her. Mm-hmm. So uh, if I have to give this ex-con an interview, we're giving everybody interviews. Everybody who applied. So he does hey, 36 interviews? Yeah. And you know what? I will say, sir, that was a good idea. Go- you good did it. You. you figured it out. Good on you. Yep. He interviews her after she's, again, run away in terror mm-hmm. in, in the stairwell of Classic. the store. Classic. Classic, Classic stairwell um, runaway. And then he's basically like, listen, like, I love the way that you viewed things. You're I the like most your sketches. Yeah. I like your sketches. Like, he truly thought, I do think so, that she had what it took. Like, he was interested in her yeah. more than anybody else who would come in. So I, right. There were... There were people who had a lot more experience who had been window dressing for other luxury companies, yeah. but she genuinely had the vision and the artistic side that I think yeah. he was expecting to see reflected in the company. And like he owns the company, so I guess he, he gets to decide that, he right? He gets to like, do that, yeah. So he brings her in and he says, you know, it'll be a trial basis. Yeah. Um, so we're going to have you do one window and see how that goes so like they give her a week to do design one holiday window yeah it just so happens that this holiday window is going to be revealed because this is like pre this is the week before christmas um and the window is to be revealed as part of the like last minute shoppers whatever and it coincides with when there's going to be a board meeting so a lot of his family members are on the board and they demand these like in-person board meetings there's we find out there's a lot of tension with his family because like five years ago the company was going bankrupt and he bailed them out but now he's the majority owner and the family doesn't like that mm-hmm. and blah 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 and then it also comes up that a former convict has been hired to do their yeah. window dressing because they were aware that their this position was put out and they're like oh did you hire the lady from Bloomingdale's or whatever and he's like nope actually. We, yeah. got a, we got a failing. <laughs> I don't think he says it in the board meeting, but yes, they they his horrific family yeah. finds out. Yeah. And they decide that they're gonna go ahead and stick around to see yeah. the unveiling of this window, which yeah. it, it actually goes super well. So yeah. it goes so well even that they want to hire her as a full-time basis to finish out the holidays and then to keep her on. Mm-hmm. And that's all good and fine. And like, you can see that there's <laughs> some tension between her and Aiden. Well, it's yeah. all good and fine until then she's accused of yeah. theft and like yeah. of, of two pairs of diamond earrings by yeah. the lady in HR. And is it his grandmother or his mother? It's his grandmother. Is it his grandmother? Yeah. And his grandmother's the one, like, around this time is like, well, there's one convict working for us. Uh-huh. So, like, yeah, She's that all came it. out. Yeah. yeah. So she gets detained, and Jordan, one of the department managers, is watching this happen, and they become friends, immediately goes and get Aiden, and they run down, and he's like, I know she didn't do this, and I think he knows she didn't do it because, like, they were together or something when it happened or I don't know, some shit like that. Uh, I mean, or some he's of it. just and got a gut just feeling. Like, or, he just knows know. like, uh, yeah. I mean, also we will, I will say like the way that Stella talks to like herself and like thinks about things, mm-hmm. it's very clear that she wants to be on the straight and narrow. And it it's is. very like, it's very clear that she's like, she fully takes responsibility for what she did. She did her time and now she wants to move on. Yeah. It doesn't, it's very it would be very out of character no we we get some interaction between her and her tense relationship with her former best friend nicole who's still in prison at the time and how conflicted she is about like taking phone calls from her 
or including yeah. her in the new life that she's starting because she really wants to turn over a new leaf. She wants to be employed. She wants to be supporting herself. She wants to grow this career. So um, Aiden's like, fuck it. We're going to get all the employees in the whole store together. And yep. the grandmother is like, yeah, it's literally the middle of the shopping day. He's like, don't care. So right. all, I don't know. In my head, it's like 50 employees. It's a yeah. huge department store, right? It's at least of the, they brought in the whole jewelry department, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So like and, yeah, a good that's... handful. A lot That's, of people yeah. in a small room. Yeah. And he's like, nobody's going to get fired. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed by Right. Yeah. Um, and it's discovered that an employee had actually put two pairs of earrings on hold and kind of hid them away for a shopper who couldn't decide on them. Um, couldn't and afford so, them. He was waiting till he got paid or something yeah, like so that. So yeah. Stella is obviously cleared of any wrongdoings. And the HR lady is let go. Fired. With prejudice. Dramatic fashion. With prejudice. <laughs> like, oh, with prejudice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, that's what happens when you accuse people of stealing and make well, this whole big deal and physically detain them. Well, I think it's nice it not that being they, true. they put her in, like, the department store's little jail area. Like, it's a right. whole thing. It's a whole thing. <laughs> it wasn't just, like, hey, we think you stole these things, so now we're going to do, like, an internal investigation. No, it's like, we are going to physically detain you. We're going to detain you. We're going to search you. Yeah. The HR lady is fired. And at this point, they've kind of had some tension back and forth, but he's made it really clear that, like, we're not going to. I've had a lot of tension back and forth. They've had a lot. And they've had some moments of intimacy. But he's like, we're not going to. He always stops it before it gets, like, Before they have sex. And he was like. He's worried about the power dynamic, one, of being her boss and her feeling that she owes him. But two, he's also got the... And this was the only part of the book that I found strange, was this whole, like, Jekyll and Hyde thing he kind of had going on, where he was, like, (laughs) an an outwardly nice guy, but, like, mean and dirty and rough in the bedroom. And it just was a little... It was a little over-the-top and corny for me, like... It was a little bit, but at the same time, like, that's what all of these are. You know, women only like one side of me, and they they never get to, I'm too nice. Like, it was But I do, yes, but I also understand a little bit of, like, where that was, like, kind of headed of, like, right. he's he's saying, like, he's, he is over the top, like, optimistic and nice and, like, doesn't say a bad word about anybody, like, sickeningly sweet Mm -hmm. outside of the bedroom. And then that does not carry over. It's almost like the opposite again. Mm-hmm. So I understand, like, that could be jarring. Yeah. I get I get what she's trying to say. Yeah. I just think it was a it little was, funny. It was definitely funny. I mean, yeah. yeah. All of these books are funny. Like, <laughs> like yeah. uh, all of these kind of romance books, I think, are funny and shouldn't be taken too seriously. Oh, no. And this I one know. especially just... because it's less than 300 Yeah, pages. I'm just thinking of, like, how she built up the two sides of a person characters in, like, yeah. it happened one summer and the lead up that yeah. she had for that versus this. And, like, obviously you can only do so much with so many pages. But yeah. I was chuckling a little bit when he's like you know, some people, I'm too nice for them and they'll I'm never the, know. And I'm like, yeah. it's okay, dude. Like, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, he's a caricature. For yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. But they've signed the contract. They signed the contract. And they're gonna, like, do their thing. Kind of. They're gonna do it. <laughs> Immediately after. Immediately after. In his office. Is that the first time they have sex? Is in that his is office? the first time they have sex is in his office. Okay. After yeah. signing the meeting, con- the love contract. Okay. That's right. Oh, because um, after at drinks and stuff, they don't have sex because he's like, I'm too nice for you. <laughs> uh, no, it was more so I can't go against my morals. I yeah, but as he's it. as he's walking out, he's like he says, "I'm too nice for you." Yeah, yes, he does. Which yes, he does. I will say, I think I audibly laughed at that. I was like, "What? For sure. what? what are you? Yeah. What are you saying?" Yeah, and it's totally made <laughs> up. It's totally in his head of like Stella, yeah. this grumpy, like kind of grunge convict, will never like a bow tie wearing, sickeningly optimistic me. Yeah. And it's like, my guy, I'm pretty sure she's naked at this point. <laughs> I'm pretty I sure she's in she likes you. I think she yeah. says yes for this. Yes. But yeah, so they sign the love contract. They do it. And so like they're going to 
they've decided to give this actual relationship a try. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're doing things, you know, spending time at each other's apartments, mostly just his. Mm-hmm. Um, they attend the Christmas party, uh, which is later, but you know, they're doing coupley things, but yeah. it definitely seems like Aiden, Aiden knows that Stella's also not fully committed. She's mm-hmm. not like fully jumped in yet where mm-hmm. he's like looking at like an engagement rings. Sir. My dude walks by out. the jewelry store, the jewelry counter at his store and goes, wow, that's a pretty engagement ring. And then he has to be like, damn, I met her two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> I have to like, I shouldn't be thinking this <laughs> He has to take himself down a notch. He has he, to give himself yeah. the talk. Yeah. yeah. She had not, I don't think that they had had sex at this point. Yeah, I think they had. Had they? Yeah, I think so. They had maybe just spent the night together for the first time. Yeah, and he's like, like comes into work and he's like, that's a pretty one. I'll buy that. Right. He didn't buy it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he yeah. didn't. But he was like, yeah. oh. Like, he's, he's like full in. And He's Stella so is being more the normal person of like, hold on, hold which, your horses, buddy. Which is like totally fair because, and he yeah. recognizes this at, at one yeah. point, she's starting over and there's a lot of things that she's trying to do. And so yeah. to be in a relationship with someone who is at a very different place in their life and could make it a lot easier for her and do a lot of things for her, that would be steps she's skipping over in establishing yeah. herself. So yeah. I can I can totally identify with her reluctancy to be yeah. in a relationship at that point. Yeah. And I think that Aiden continues to be like genuine and likable because he does acknowledge that. He's not even though he's ready, he's trying really hard not to push Stella. Yeah, and he, so he does a good job. He recognizes job. all of that. Sometimes he'll be like, I'll give you space. I'm like, don't just you gotta just play off the vibe. Like yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. have to be like, Oh, I'll give you like just you know you're you're pretty good at reading her like just keep doing what you're doing just right don't let don't let her emotions become your insecurities that then you are creating problems yeah that aren't necessarily there because Stella's like pretty on board with all the stuff she like signs the contract she stays over at his place like yeah you know but but that is you put it a good way like that is exactly what's happening like she's like still has walls up Mm-hmm. so she's not fully in and that's mm-hmm. making him have insecurities when there shouldn't be right which is causing problems they're still trying things are good it's just that yeah there's some of that tension because he's full in and she's not and he's getting insecure about it and blah blah blah, blah. men so not people because i could do that too true but anyways um so eventually uh it's the day of the christmas party and um at this point uh aiden's having that major freak out about like oh my god did we break up and i'm like my guy you didn't break up she's just not ready to marry you right the second okay there was some tension and the other thing too is that the tension is also partially because stella's friend nicole is coming in town she just got out of prison yeah and i think aiden sees some of that as like stella like towards aiden and it's not it's right he So so it's she's been open about like that she was in prison and maybe even why she was in prison but Mm -hmm. she hasn't really been open with like what's going on with her and nicole and so then she decides that she personally needs to work through her relationship with nicole before she can move forward in a relationship with aiden because like that's the big thing that's still attaching her to her old life right but she doesn't necessarily verbalize that to Aiden. And then he's thinking that like, she's got cold feet about being public at a work event together. Cause like she's late to show up, but it's right. She's talking to Nicole. And so he's like, Oh my God, did we break up? And she's like, bro, literally like just got out of prison. My prison homie came to my, showed up to my apartment, like kind of unannounced, found out where I lived, called me from outside my apartment. Like, yeah. And to be fair, she could have said this to Aiden. Like, she could have explained it. She should have. She she could have. But she did But I also understand. She told him, like, there's something I need to deal with first. Yeah, I also understand that. Because I definitely 100% do that. I would rather not talk about it, have it handled, and then tell you about it. Um, And that's not always healthy. But but yeah, so Nicole shows up unannounced Mm -hmm. um, outside of her apartment. So Stella goes and talks to Nicole. Mm -hmm. um and 
we find out like more of the tension between her and Nicole. So we find out that Nicole really is the one who pushed her into a lot of these mm-hmm. things. Um, and it was Nicole's idea for the, the armed robbery mm-hmm. and Stella didn't know the full extent of it. And actually Stella had wanted this to be the last thing. She didn't want to do anything else with Nicole anymore after this. She was going to go to school and stop everything. But it turns out the armed robbery was not fake guns. It was mm-hmm. a real one. Mm-hmm. And Nicole accidentally like shot the owner of this. Was it a restaurant? It was a yeah. restaurant, I think. Restaurant. And yeah. Stella stays with him. And, and she's the one who called the ambulance and like yeah. all of that. So that's why Stella gets out earlier than Nicole. And yeah, but not by much. Not by much, which I would be pissed. Like, I... Not yeah, by so much. The most unrealistic part of this whole thing is that the person who shot someone and planned the arm robbery got one month longer in jail than the person who participated and then stayed and called 911 and stayed with the shot person. However, I will say that throughout the book, until it's explained... Stella doesn't ever act like she did less than Nicole. She's no. always like, I did it. I'm taking responsibility. It was my decision. When it turns out, like, mm, not quite. It's not 100% it's, the same this time. No. It, so it definitely seems like there's she a. She was punishing huge, herself, it seems. There's like. a big maturity level difference with yeah. Nicole and Stella. And it definitely seems like Stella compounded all of the things that she'd ever done wrong so yeah. she was every bad thing everything that tensed her relationship with her parents she was still carrying all of that when nicole's just like whatever right. about it so yep. it seems like Stella did a lot and she probably did like she probably has she talked about all the shit she did as a teenager and everything but yeah. when it comes to what she's actually tried for and what she serves time for it's hilarious that they got out of jail i think nicole says something to the effect of like overcrowding or good behavior i don't know some shit but like but she's out like way early yeah yeah so we see in just their like short interaction that nicole is like very jealous of stella Mm -hmm. and has a it's a weird manipulation thing but stella kind of shuts it down and it's like you know if i i don't want to leave you alone trying Mm -hmm. to do this and you know you're my best friend for most of my life but i also can't do this dynamic anymore so it's gonna be this way or not and to nicole's credit she also agrees and it seems like moving forward that it's better so yep um now that stella's like uh done that boundary with nicole and really finally shut the door shut the door on her previous life she goes to the christmas party in a a christmas robe which she then matches with aiden I understand I the cute. gesture, but she got this like gorgeous dress and yeah. instead she's wearing, I mean, save those I, for after? Question I was going to say, if it were me, I would have worn the hot dress, right? Mm-hmm. And then been like, here's your Christmas present. And it's like at the party. And right. And matching robes. Cute. Yeah. You know, I, but you don't I, have to show up in a robe. At one point, Aiden describes his perfect Christmas as, like, wearing matching robes with his wife and, like, cooking breakfast mm-hmm. or some shit. So, like, yeah. it's a it's a nice gesture to show him that she's really in on the relationship. But she had, just she's described as picking out this, like, gorgeous green, like, sexy dress for the Christmas party that, like, she's going to kind of match with It's Jordan a fancy-schmancy Christmas party, too. Like, it's yeah, a it's whole like, event. It's like, yeah, it's up there, so... It's not just like in the break room. No, no, they've like <laughs> rented out this place. Like it's a whole thing. Yeah. So Nicole and Stella obviously remain friends. It describes their relationship as really being changed, and like there are a lot of boundaries. But Stella is now working full time there. She's in a relationship with Aiden. Um, and then we kind of cut to a year from then where Aiden and Stella are going to see her parents. She obviously had a very difficult relationship with her parents. They didn't want her to come live with them after she got out. That's how she ended up in New York in the first place. And so Aiden is going with her. She's going to introduce them. Um, And Aiden helps to kind of break the tension, help things patch over, show Stella that, you know, she or help Stella show her parents that she's in a really different place. Um, And then it's revealed that they're engaged. Yeah. Which is nice. So, a cute little ending. A cute a ending. Cute holiday rom com. Yep. 
pretty much wraps up all the things. Um, he tells his family no more board meetings. <laughs> oh, yeah. No more board meetings. He's basically like, I saved you, bitches. It's going to be my way or the highway. I own on. 60% of the company. I don't need your approval on anything. No more Mr. Nice Deuces. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they end up together and happy. Uh, it definitely seems like Stella's in a better place. So, like, I... I enjoyed the book. It was a cute read. I'm glad it's a one-off. There was, they don't need to add, she doesn't need to write a window shopping too where they have kids. Like, it's good. It's good. It was exactly what I wanted from a holiday rom-com. It's, it's a nice read for this time of year. It's got a pretty good amount of spice. Like, I don't know that we touched on it all that much, but she's got some, I mean, it's only 258 pages. So this book is probably like, it's probably 30% spice page wise. So like, it's, yeah. What is, did you see the girl on TikTok, this is such an aside, who figured out, like, what percentage of the book was Spice and all the Akatar ones, and then no. she gets to this one, she's like, it's only 7%! It's like all this other shit in there, so no, this one was, like, nice. high high writing to Spice volume. Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked it. I liked the characters. It was a different dynamic. Normally, you would see these reversed in the genders, which is cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, New York's always a fun setting. Yeah, and I think the like New York at Christmas time in this luxury department store was an interesting setting. I definitely got yeah. all the Christmassy vibes. Yep. So New York, obviously a very romantic city in the sense that there's so many people and so much going on that anything can kind mm-hmm. of happen. But New yeah. York in the winter time is kind of hailed as being Christmassy in general. So yeah. yeah, I I liked it. I'd give it like three and a half out of five stars. I'll do like three point eight. Not- I really I yeah yeah not for any particular deficits just that like i would maybe come back and read it again in a couple years but it's not gonna like it didn't influence me to read more or less of the author certainly like i obviously love tessa bailey independent it definitely yeah so mine's a little different because this was the first tessa bailey book i read it Mm -hmm. definitely influenced me to read more of her books but um and i've read it twice now i've read it i read it last christmas and this previous christmas so and you're not a huge book repeater with books like this i'm not um it really depends and christmas is like the one time of year yeah i kind of do it except for akatar and throne of glass basically but yeah no it's just i think it's just because it it's a fun read it's short it's christmasy yeah cool you know yeah all the things that you are told that you're gonna get you get yeah i'll give it like 20 it it definitely delivers on like its description where does it fall on your Tessa Bailey scale? This is your favorite Tessa Bailey book? I don't think so. Um, no. Probably What Happened One Summer would be at the top. Yeah. This might be second. Yeah, above Hook, Line, and Sinker? I think so. And I think okay. it's just because with this book, the first time I read it really quickly, and the second time I read it pretty quickly, mm-hmm. Hook, Line, and Sinker, like, I want to say, like, 70% of the way through started to fall off for me. There was yeah. like a little bit of like a, a space there where I was like, I can't fucking finish this book. Yeah. I with, had to like kind of force myself. I That happened with me, but I think it's because I read It Happened One Summer like so fast and was so yeah. into it start to finish that then for the second book to have such a different pace. Yeah. So I can see that. Um, this yeah. is probably, I mean, of the three books I've read, it's probably my least favorite, but all on like the right side of the bell curve as far yeah. as they're falling for sure. So yeah. A nice little kickoff. Um, this was the second book I read this year. So I have I have 50 books on my Goodreads this year. You have 60? 60, yeah. Books mm-hmm. on our Goodreads. If you guys can find us on Goodreads, you can be friends with us on Goodreads. You can follow it, but we're not sure. going to tell you. Um, yeah. So, yeah, nice to have, like, a little quick one to kind of get stuff started mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you're watching, reading, or getting into lately? uh so reading i've got a couple books um listening to the spare by prince harry hmm. audiobook. um <laughs> and learning she's sending... a lot more about prince harry than i ever thought i would she's sending me updates and it's fucking wild i mean and here's my thing about this <laughs> i i applaud him for like his, all of these his things candor. The, his candor <laughs> um no, seriously though, but like I under com- I completely understand what he's doing. He's wanting to get it all out on the table, a to refute what's already been said, and I think mm-hmm. so that the tabloids don't really have anything. Like he's already told you himself. I get all of that, but sir, 
I have heard way too much about your penis. I'm sorry. That's what all of the TikToks are. They're like, we're already on your side. We're good. Literally. We're we're good. good. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It literally doesn't fucking matter what comes out about you. If you kill the child one day, nobody cares. Like, don't. And then there was one where it's just this girl listening and it's just the audio of him being like, my frostbite penis and she's like what and that's the point like all, everything up to this up to that point i was like okay yeah we're really sharing all right and then it was like yep my penis is like basically frostbite and it was just like i'm sorry sorry what i was walking on my under the desk treadmill i almost fell off i just like hold it pause pause it's, it's great because like we know his dick works he's got right. two beautiful healthy children Yes. And, and then he had to throw in, oh, I will say this. He threw in what basically like, why am I talking about my penis? Because the media does. <laughs> He's like, the media has always said that me and William are uncircumcised because Diana wanted it that way, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, I'm here to set the record straight. And he's like, setting the okay. left, right, and center. Everything is getting... Yeah, moved in the wash. Yep. Yeah, that's. But yeah. I, I'll say, like, I've teared up a few times. I think it's written really well. He used a ghostwriter, but it's still his stories, and mm-hmm. you know, you have to work really well with the ghostwriter to do this. But yeah, yeah. So I'm enjoying it. Um, and then I'm also, what else am I reading? Uh, this series that some people have said is like Throne of Glass. It is not. Um, I'll put that out there. The series is called The War of Lost Hearts, but I've never heard it called that. Um, the first book is Daughter of No Worlds, and I'm on the second book, Children of Fallen Gods, and listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got about 60% done with this book, mm-hmm. probably about five months ago, and could <laughs> not finish it. And mm-hmm. now I've come back, and I'm like 86% through. So okay, I'm in a weird spot, sometimes... caring about Harry's penis, <laughs> coming back to this other book. <laughs> sometimes books that you DNF are not DNF, they're just long-term paused and that's what it was it wasn't that i was like oh this is horrible the writing's crap whatever it was more yeah. like i'm just a little bored mm-hmm. and i can't do it right now mm-hmm. i'm gonna that's move fair. on and come back that's, fair. And that's what i'm doing what about you that's so i just finished it took me six months six fucking months to finish beach read by emily henry woof i finally finished it glad it's out of the way i will say that's my second emily henry book they're not for me. Her writing is not fine. for me. I find her writing to be very slow. So mm-hmm. I said that I couldn't move forward with any of the books in my TBR until I finished that one. Because I started it before I moved to Florida. And then I yeah. put it down for a while. So it was time. Yeah. Um, you know what else you haven't finished and you started before moving to Florida? So I'm Sarah. working on that. I'm working on it. So right now, I finished our book for the podcast. I finished the book I had to read to get out of the way. I'm reading one self-help book. Currently, I'm reading Attached, which is like the science of adult attachment by, I want to say, Levine and Heller, um, Mm -hmm. which like there's a lot of self-help books and relationship books I'm reading right now for who knows what reason, like why I would be doing that. But Mm -hmm. um, I am doing the tandem read. Mm -hmm. And that's the only fiction books that I'm allowed to read until they're fucking done. Tandem read of Empire of Storms and Tower of Dawn. Yeah, so it's time for me to finish the Throne of Glass series. Um, Mm -hmm. I will say I struggle with her writing more because I went back and I started doing an Akatar reread, like Mm -hmm. in the middle of it, and it definitely made it just sluggish for me to get through. I also, of the three series that I've read by her, it's, um, it's markedly my least favorite. Yeah. Which... I think makes it harder because I'm like, oh, you could just pick up Axtar and read it and like love it. Or you could just pick up Crescent City and love it. But yeah. um, I feel like it's an important homage to pay. And it's good. Empire of Storms and Kingdom of Ash are both incredible books. And and that's what I've heard. And I'm so yeah. early into them. Like I'm only six of like 70 chapters into it. So I know it's going to pick up. Yeah. I It's hard because I started those books kind of right at the beginning of my reading slump and so that made it even harder but I've got more of a vibe going with reading now so I think it's gonna be okay and I think I'm gonna go ahead January is gonna be the month to finish them yeah Um, and I will say too that Empire Storms carries 
a lot of the tandem read. Tower of John at the end gets good. Mm-hmm. I saw someone describing it as like 90% of it is like, ew, Kale, why are you here? You're yep. boring, gross. <laughs> and then the other 10% was like, that's actually not that bad. This is actually <laughs> I've, se- I've seen those. I've yeah, seen those. and that's yeah. exactly how Tower of Dawn <laughs> kind of goes. Um, whereas Empire of Storm is incredible, but they're both happening at the same time. So I think the tandem read, in my opinion, is important. Yeah, um, and I I'm think doing... Tower of Dawn would be a slog to get through after I, Empire yeah. Storms. I'm doing the tandem read um, with Delaney's lovingly marked chapters. Yep. So that helps out. Um, I'm watching Friday Night Lights, this TV series. Never okay. saw it. I've seen the movie, but not the TV series. Neither. Gives me a lot of angst that these teenagers are out here doing all this stuff. Yeah, well. Um, I watched Gossip Girl, so yeah, no, I'm a little I'm, bit <laughs> same, same idea. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, and I'm cooking at home more. Nice. So I'm doing in the new year, and I'm reading a lot of self help books. I'm the subtle art of not giving a fuck. That's going to be my next one. That is in uh, my drawer. I haven't read it. it probably won't. made made popular by whatever that lady was when they were voting the senator. Yeah, that was great. Um, then I've got You Are a Badass, How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life. This is a highly regarded one. And How to Make Friends and Win Over Any One or whatever. So I've got a couple of them that I'll uh, kind of yeah. sprinkle here and there. But that's kind of what... I am not doing that. It's kind of <laughs> what i got going on right now. Well, you're in, a, in what we would consider a therapeutic place right now in your life, like... Things are I mean, okay. yeah, I've got some things <laughs> that I should probably go to therapy for, but yeah, but um, you you're super functional, which I applaud you for because I'm not at super least functional. Now. Yeah, for now, for, for now, now. We, can, we can revisit and revise, right? But yeah, and I'm not sure I would say that uh, like uh, <laughs> six months ago. So everything yeah. happens for a reason. But I also like to not feel things. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think the only self help book that I will be reading is Financial Feminist from uh, her hundred first or her her first hundred k. Yeah, let me know that. how it is. Yeah, I'll probably do the audiobook. I love it when authors are the ones who read the audiobook. I do too, because then you so, get exactly what they intend for tone yeah. and emphasis. And I would which rather. Yeah. So if an author is reading the audiobook, I'm probably going to do the audiobook instead of reading yeah. it physically. So. So yeah. I like it. Um, yeah. And still writing my book. Yeah. And still writing <laughs> your book. Yeah. I don't know that we know what next month's book is gonna be, but... No, but we have a bonus episode. We do have a bonus episode for you, which was lovingly recorded eight months ago. Eight months ago. Yeah. So hook, line, and sinker. Have fun. <laughs> hook, line, and sinker, just to wrap that line up. Um, yeah. And it'll come out at the end of January. This episode, we're recording mid-January, will come out mid-January so it'll be out soon yeah um and then the next book I don't know but you can find out because we will post it on our Instagram when we decide which is wicked good bc wicked good book club if you type in wicked good there's not that much stuff we're gonna pop up and uh we have a tiktok which when we were doing the tiktok was doing well it was fun (laughs) yeah it was fun it was fine um so you can find us on tiktok at wicked good book club and um I don't know I vote our next book should be Crown of Midnight. I think we need to get going on Throne of Glass. Crown of Midnight, February's book. It's decided. Perfect. See, this is how we make decisions on this What podcast. a beautiful romance book for the month of romance. Oh, God. Should we do something else? I forgot about no, that. I don't celebrate okay. Valentine's Day. <laughs> I don't care. I just like the vibes of Valentine's Day. The hearts um, and the pinks and the reds. I didn't cool. celebrate it for about six years because... Um, my ex's birthday is on Valentine's Day. So we're really focused on that birthday. Yeah. Charming. Um, all right. Yeah. I think that's going to wrap it up. We will yeah. catch you at the end of January with our bonus episode, Hook, Line, and Singer, previously recorded. Don't, if we mention things in the future, know they've probably already happened because this episode's yeah. from like fucking July and we never put it out. Um, yeah. And then start reading Crown of Midnight for February. Yeah. Although I think we've both already read it. But yeah. Not, I mean, our our four listeners. Oh. Is that the kind of book club we do? Okay. Got it. I mean, there are people <laughs> who will DM sometimes and be like, hey, 
I'm reading blah blah it's really good or you know shit like that okay all right peace love and happiness all right fuck the patriarchy have a great night and we'll catch you guys next month goodbye okay bye